0: And welcome to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist, and futurist Crystal Washington. In today's show, you'll discover how to fine tune your talk with technology and the stand up challenge. First, Tom Singer will share how you can use open mic opportunities to improve your talks. Then we'll have Raj Ramesh share the future of artificial intelligence for speakers and how we can use artificial intelligence tools now. At the very end, you'll get some tools that you can put to use right now. Are you ready? Today we have in studio Tom Singer, who has been a full-time keynote speaker and master of ceremonies for just over 10 years. Full-time meaning that is all he does. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tom. Thanks
1: for having me, Crystal.
0: So we're talking today about the Stand Up Challenge. And so my first question for you, because anyone listening is like, what's a Stand Up Challenge? How can stand up comedy help speakers who are not only not comedians, but they wouldn't even consider themselves humorous. Why should they even care about stand-up comedy?
1: Yeah, I didn't have a background in stand-up at all or in comedy. I, you know, I, Maybe people would laugh at some of my speeches, but what I've discovered in the past year and a half is that we can learn a lot from comics because what comedians do mm-hmm. is they have to get a lot of stage time. So you find them going to open mic nights all the time. Even Jerry Seinfeld will go to open mic night and try new material. In the speaker world, some people get to a level of success and they stop watching video of themselves because they think, oh, I got the standing ovation. I'm really good at this. Comedians don't do that. They are always rewriting, writing, changing their material and testing that material.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. How did you get started with your own challenge? And tell me how many stand up uh, open mic nights have you done since you started?
1: So it was the Winter Conference in 2018, so about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was talking to Drew Tarvin, who is a professional speaker on humor in the workplace, and he's a professional improv and stand up comedian. And I was going to be in New York two weeks later, and I said, I'd love to hang out with you when I'm in New York. And he said, Come to open mic night with me. And I literally said, Wow, I would love to to watch you work on new material. And Drew looked at me and said, that's not what I'm inviting you to do. And I stepped back, I was like, there's no way I'm gonna do an open mic night. Mm-hmm. And he challenged me to why not? What, what do you have to lose? And I said, I'm not gonna do it in New York City. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I wrote a five minute set and did stand up in New York City at a comedy club with Drew. And I wasn't that funny. And Jerry Seinfeld is not worried about job security because I did this. Mm-hmm. But I learned something. It challenged me. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. And it was really scary. Mm -hmm. And then I just sort of made this pledge to myself that doing it once wasn't enough. Right. I was going to do 100 open mic nights. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't think because of my travel schedule and my family, I could do it a lot. I thought it might take me five years. And then I fell into this pattern where I do it every week. And at the time we're recording this, I've now done 70 open mic nights.
0: 70 open mic nights. So anyone who's listening that is... Thinking, okay, I feel a little brave. Or those who feel like I'm not feeling brave, but I feel like I need to push myself to do this. How does you even go about finding places
1: to do open mic nights? Well, my recommendation for people is don't go alone. I went with Drew. He's mm-hmm. a professional comic. We met an hour before in the bar. Mm-hmm. And he looked at what I had written. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he said is, this isn't stand-up. This is speech humor. Mm-hmm. And he asked, did did you just go through your keynote and take mm-hmm. the parts where people laugh? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. Okay. And then he went, eh, that's not what this is about. And he helped me rewrite it with only an hour's notice. Right. So the first thing I would do is know what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. I had never been to an open mic night. I've seen professional comics do shows. Right. But I'd never been to an open mic night. And I suggest that people go to one. Go with a friend who's doing this. Come to Austin, Texas. I'll take you to an open mic night. Okay. But watch the process before you get up on stage. Okay. And the next time you go, you sign up and and you do your three to five minute set. And the way I find these places when I travel Mm -hmm. and I do this when I'm speaking, it's like, you know, what else are we doing at night? Watching Netflix in our hotel room. Right. I will get in an Uber and go to a bar or coffee shop or a comedy club. Mm -hmm. And I find them through Google. There's a site called openmics.com. Okay. Uh, Facebook, every city has their own little comedy, like, sort of like open mic night Facebook page oh, wow. where they tell you what's happening on what days of the week. Right. So you have to do a little research, but, okay. but they're out there.
0: Okay, and so again, for speakers that are on the road, there's excellent opportunities to go try things out on people that hopefully you'll never see again in
1: life. <laughs> well, and I bombed a lot early okay. on. I was not that funny. And some of my jokes that I thought were funny just were crickets. Mm-hmm. But again, it was it was an experiment. And even if I was in Austin and there were people who might know me, I was doing this for a reason. I was trying to see what will I learn if I really put myself out there. And the challenge has been that I'm I'm a different person. I'm a better speaker because I have done these 70 open mic nights.
0: Okay. Can you share maybe just three steps for creating a basic routine?
1: Well, I think the first thing you have to do is understand that stand-up comedy is not speaking. Stand-up comedy is not improv. Mm -hmm. I think it's the hardest use of the spoken word. I've probably done 800 or more professional speeches. My podcast have interviewed over 500 people. This is way harder. So the Mm. things you have to do is you have to understand that you have to get a laugh every 20 to 30 seconds Mm. or you've failed and you only have five minutes. Wow. In a keynote... You know, we all have times where we feel we're a little off and we're not connecting with the audience, but right. we have forty-five minutes to pull them back in. True. So you need to actually write it. Okay. Then you go and you try it, and you might bomb. I've I've never bombed on stage really bad as a as a professional speaker, mm-hmm. but I have as you know, a comic. I okay. had just gotten nothing but crickets, but I record it on my <laughs> no. phone and I go back and watch it. And I look for, what did I say? How could I say it differently? Mm-hmm. Then I rewrite it and then I try it again and again. And I think that's the thing it's pushed me to do that with my keynotes. Okay. I had stopped watching video because ah. I've been doing this for 10 years and I know where people are going to laugh and I know Wait. where, where it's going to work. I've started watching full hour videos of myself speaking again. And it's just as painful as it was 10 years ago to see the areas where we're not tight. Right. Because in comedy, it has to be tight before you can be invited to do sort of a show. Mm -hmm. And I've now been invited to do three comedy shows. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Crystal, I've been paid for these shows. Oh, wow. $10.
0: Oh, okay. Well,
1: big bucks. But I'm a professional comic because I was paid $10 a couple of times. Right. But the thing is, is that. You have to have what's called a tight 10, which means that you have to have 10 minutes of material Mm -hmm. that is getting a laugh every 20 to 30 seconds, and it's rehearsed and it's done. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we can learn from comics is, are we tightening our speeches? Are we taking out the useless words and getting them tight?
0: Now that we're all perusing opportunities for open mic nights, let's see if there aren't ways that AI can help us sharpen our performances even more we have Raj Ramesh, who has 15,000 YouTube subscribers that drive his six-figure consulting and speaking business. Today, he's going to talk with us a little bit about artificial intelligence for speakers. Thanks for being with us today, Raj.
2: Thank you, Crystal.
0: Let's dive right in. My first question for you is why should professional speakers care about artificial intelligence?
2: I think professional speakers have to care for two reasons. One is it's the audience they're speaking to and the environment in which the audience exists keeps changing and a lot of AI is being introduced in that area. And the second is that they themselves can use AI tool to speak and use those tools effectively. There are multiple tools that they could use.
0: Okay. Well, how can AI enhance a speaker's business and
2: performance? A speaker goes through different phases of preparing a speech, for example, starting from the selection process all the way to evaluation. So in the selection process, what happens is the, you have to find the right client. And right now, you might have heard about recruiters trying to use automation or artificial intelligence to match resumes with companies. Yes. Likewise, we may come to a time where speakers are matched with the needs of the companies and then you oh, go through an artificial intelligence system to, fi- to figure out whether you are selected or not. Wow. And uh, that's a real possibility soon.
0: Well, I can see that, especially for some of the larger conferences where they're bringing in 20, 30, 40 professional speakers for some of these mega conferences. That's right. Wow. So is there a way that artificial intelligence tools can, can enhance our performance from the stage itself?
2: Yes, it can. When speakers are presenting from the stage, they have... A certain stage performance. Now, if you had an artificial intelligence system that could analyze your performance based on not thousands, ten thousands, or a hundred thousands performers that it had seen, Mm -hmm. then it could give you critique and say, how well did you do compared to other speakers? And it could start evaluating your rating against others that could get back into a feedback system for companies to evaluate you.
0: Wow, so not only can we use it, or might it be used in the future whether we like it or not to figure out if we're a good fit, but it sounds like we can even use it to perfect our own performances. Are there any AI tools that you know of or familiar with that could even help us
2: with engagement in front of our audiences? Yes, there are definitely some on the horizon. For example, when before we go and speak in front of an audience, we do a personality analysis. We can do a personality analysis so you can craft your speech according to the audience's needs. For example, if they are open-minded people, then you have your examples and stories have to be open-minded as well. Suppose they are helping others and they believe in a collaborative environment, then you want to build consensus in your speeches and not be focused on one particular individual. And vice versa.
0: So it's kind of like you're using data. It's almost like it's not big data in this case because it's not that amount of data that we're talking about for this particular instance. But it's the same principles of using this data to craft your message and it sounds like to, to shift
2: behaviors. That is right. That is right. Because... The better you understand your audience, Mm -hmm. the better you are in delivering your message. Right. And now we have AI tools that has been built on looking at multiple audiences, and Mm -hmm. they can, since they look at so much data, they can distill the information that you need to extract from that, and you can focus in on that, which is the great thing about artificial intelligence.
0: Okay, so now that we're hearing this, I'm sure everyone's like, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about the specific tools. Can you share maybe three specific AI tech tools that can help a speaker grow their business or or just be a better speaker?
2: I think the tools that we use as speakers, we don't have to go out and build new ones. Mm-hmm. But AI is being introduced in many of the tools that we currently use anyway. Okay. For example, when you start taking notes on a sheet of paper, mm-hmm there are tools that can scan it and do an OCR and automatically convert it into text for you. For okay. example, Dropbox does that. Okay. There's a feature of Dropbox that does that. When you speak and you want to have it transcribed, Google Docs has a feature that automatically converts voice to text. Yes. Likewise, there are speech coaching tools that will allow you to evaluate your own speech based on just an iPhone app. You speak it into the iPhone app, and it'll tell you how many ums and ahs you have, what is the flow, what's the speed of your presentation or speech, and so on. That oh, wow. gives you a lot of information to analyze, and that's called ORAI, O-R-A-I, as a simple app that hasn't been advanced yet, but we, can, we will see advances in the near future.
0: That's an amazing tool because as speakers, we're always looking for ways to improve, whether you're seasoned, especially if you're new, you know, figuring out your speech pattern and and getting rid of those um um-meters. So that is an amazingly valuable tool. Well, Raj, thank you again for joining us today on Voices of Experience and sharing with us why as speakers, we need to be aware of artificial intelligence.
2: Thank you, Crystal, for this opportunity.
0: Now that's interesting. Raj shared that AI is already being incorporated into most of the business tools we use now. Everything from predictive text in our emails to how people are hiring. I'm absolutely obsessed with tech tools. Here are a few you might be interested in. Raj already mentioned ORAI, which is a speech coach with analysis and team sharing capabilities. Yes, you heard that right. So if you are in a speaker mastermind group, you can share results and help each other improve in addition to the suggestions the AI makes. Patricia Fripp, on an earlier episode, suggested recording yourself and getting it transcribed to really get an understanding of what it is you're saying up there. Rev.com is one of my favorite tools for that. There are many different options. That's just one that I use. Doug DeVitri shared three episodes ago about Alexa and voice AI for speakers and how it helps us not only on the stage and in the back of the room, but we can continue to have conversations with our clients while we're not even there that I think you should know about that's a little spooky but pretty cool is Crystal Knows. No relation to me. It's a personality AI that will coach you in your interactions. And so it looks at your potential customers, your clients, social media profiles, as well as the words that it uses in emails. And it suggests how you should interact with them. It tells you what type of wording to use that will best resonate with them. You also might wanna Google natural language generators, which is a tool that's used by sales systems and chatbots. There are probably times where you've been in conversation with a chatbot or a sales system and didn't know it because it sounded so much like a human. Many companies are starting to use these types of tools to qualify prospects. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. If you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed and share. Sharing is caring. Tune in for our very last VOE episode of the year when we'll discuss social media for speakers.